You are listening to the Icehouse Podcast, hosting conversations with gritty Kiwi business owners and leaders and industry-leading minds. Welcome to this week's episode of the Icehouse Podcast. So awesome to be having a conversation today with Andrew Martin, who is known as Marty. So good to have Marty with us today. He is the Regional Director of the Strategic Specialist Group. He's also a coach at the Icehouse, and he has been speaking all across New Zealand this year at an event with the Icehouse and BNZ on succession and exit planning and growth funding, an incredible event that we've had some really positive feedback about. So we thought we'd get to know Marty a little bit more and talk about the events that are happening in the Manawatu and Tauranga for the rest of this year, 2023. So thank you, Marty, for being on the Ice House podcast. Thanks, Brian. Looking forward to it. Yeah, good to have you on. I like to start with a nice general question. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about. Uh, myself, yeah, look, I have passion. I have thought on this. Passion for me is about living a balanced life. So mm-hmm. when I when I look at life, I kind of I work on buckets. So there's certain different areas of your life, and it's trying to make sure you're not overweighted in any particular bucket. In fact, um, you know, my buckets are what I put my browser bookmarks into. Um, it's how I manage them. So everything from making a difference, how do you sort of make a dent on the world, through to friends and family, um, through to leisure. So, you know, sometimes with those elements, you can actually knock a couple off at once. Mm-hmm. For example, I play summer league hockey, um, get out, get to do health and fitness, get some exercise, but also play it with my 15-year-old son, which means I get a bit of family time and a lot of friends in that. So it's really about how you... Um, Make sure you hit, hit, hit all the areas and don't don't become overweighted in any particular area. I love that. That's really cool. Cool to hear that you have buckets and that how that is how you sort of see that sort of work work life balance. Um, could you give us share a memorable moment from your career that maybe was a bit of an aha moment for what you do today, and then we'll jump into what that is. Yeah. Look. Um... I consider it moments as in plural because it's the same thing that comes up over and over again. You know, I grew up quite sports mad. I was always competent without being excellent. Um, (laughs) But but look, when you play sports, it's about the collective and the team. And that's what I've had throughout my career. Um, Everything from my first job um, right through to a meeting I had this morning where you get a group together and it's how you build, I, I guess, a joint pathway pathway that can be executed against and gives people vision and clarity and direction and something that they then feel they can go out and hit. So if I look back, that's probably the most, you know, you look look back on things you've done and you look at the things that give you the most joy and it's that connecting with people where you you, you get together and it's the the old adage of the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. And that's the kind of stuff that you know, really excites me. And I still love it to this day. And we do it regularly when we help organizations set their strategy. And part of that whole process is getting them together as a team, taking all the varied views and inputs and helping them align to a, to a common purpose, direction and strategy. And it's something they can then go out and, and move towards. And when you get it right, it's fantastic. Mm. Oh, there must be so many magic moments, right? When When it sort of settles and maybe the owner or the leader within the business has the aha moment for themselves I'm sure there's some cool cool moments there yeah look it is and it's 
often it's stuff they know, they just haven't had someone take them through the process of basically landing on it. Mm. So, you know, um, the world's awash with good ideas, but to actually land on what you're going to do and have a plan and then start executing against, that's, that's kind of, it's often where it misses and too much strategy sits in a drawer or sit, yeah. these days sits in a folder yeah. um, on your computer and it's, it's not hitting the light of reality. So getting there and actually making it real is, is what makes the difference. And that's a great part of the job. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, can you give a bit of history then to your career journey? How has it led to now working with businesses on their strategy and implementation? Okay, so look, I grew up in rural New Zealand, Southern Hawke's Bay. Um, <laughs> nice. And I'd spend my school holidays working on local farms. Um, and then Dad said to me one day that perhaps... I could always come back to farming, but go and get some education. And he, his words to me, you're good at maths, why don't you go and become an accountant? Because <laughs> um, the world always needs someone to keep, keep, keep a handle on the numbers. Um, so I did go to university, but instead of accounting, I did marketing, which is probably close to the polar opposite um, <laughs> of accounting. Though these days with your track of traceability in marketing, maybe not. But that, that led me to working for Waddies. And like FMCG is a great grounding um, in terms of how business works and making sure, it, it, you know, it's called fast-moving consumer goods for a reason. It's a high pace and you, you've got to be on the money. If you miss a week of promotion because you're out of stock, um, those are goods you can never sell, especially if you've uh, paid to have them as part of that promotion. Um, and from there, I went to telecommunications and I worked both in New Zealand for Spark, or in those days it was telecom, yep. and then moved to the UK where I worked for Orange. And I looked after the email and messaging suite for Orange across the UK um, from basically product inception right through to the customer service side. You didn't have line responsibility, but you had to guide it through the whole pathway and it was kind of virtual ownership. So with that, when I when I arrived back in New Zealand with um, my wife and I, with our three-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up working for Assured, which was an international consultancy. And what we did with Assured um, was help organizations, large organizations such as sort of ANZ, um, Telecom was one of our customers, uh, Fifth Group, um, basically align themselves to what, what their core purpose was. And the great thing, it was, it was a company that started um, out of some people with software and they realized software had to solve the right problems. So how do you define the right problems? And from a project that they started in New Zealand with Shell, they ended up working in over 23 countries and became a centralised project within Shell out of The Hague. Um, it's a real good grounding on sort of how to get alignment of an organisation to customer purpose. And again, from that, uh, one of my clients there actually introduced me to Strategic Specialist Group. Um, the regional director opportunity came up and just was a good alignment between what I like to do and their purpose. So that, that, that became um, where I am today. Very cool. Yeah, love that. I want to ask, you know, within that, what's your superpower? What's your expertise then that you bring? Look, I think it's about clarity. Mm. Um, in fact, that's actually probably the great thing with SSG or Strategic Specialist Group is clarity is one of our watchwords. How do we take the various ideas? Because we find our clients don't lack for ideas, they lack for focus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the biggest thing we have to do is stop them doing things. Because when you stop them doing things and get them focused on what's really important, they start to make more progress and then they can start to do more things 
otherwise they just get, get lost with time. Yeah. So look, having clarity and giving them steps to make it real. So look, I've just signed with an ICS client um, and I've got a year long coaching engagement um, and it's just perfect for how you actually move an organization forward because it's taking their strategy, working with the leadership team on the individual elements they have to deliver, yeah. doing quarterly refreshes on that strategy and then liaising with the board and reporting on progress as a trusted third party. Um, so it's got a nice uh, full circle approach to it, but it's really about how do you take a strategy and make something happen with it. So, you know, that's that's um, fortunately what I love doing, but it's also, if, you, if you're going to talk our superpowers, it's what I'd say mine is. Hmm, very cool. Fantastic answer. So you've been touring recently uh, throughout this year, actually delivering events alongside, you know, the Ice House and, and BNZ on succession and exit planning uh, specifically. Can you share what your thoughts are on the importance of succession? There are a lot of people within the Ice House community that are part of family businesses or maybe not that uh, are looking towards the future and thinking, what does this look like for me? What are your thoughts on it? Well, firstly, succession and exit uh, have got very similar underlying needs. We look at succession as an internal transfer. So that could be to a management buyer, so within staff, or could be family. Um, could be employee share option plans as well. Or external, where you might, say, be acquired by a strategic buyer or potentially private equity. Or potentially these days, listing. Um, you, know, you can list, list at quite a low level with secondary stock exchanges or exchanges like mm -hmm. Catalyst. Um, so that's how we look at it. But the challenge with, with it, it's the important, but it's not the urgent because it's not the stuff that's really going to be biting you on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it's underappreciated just how much effort and work there is in making a business exit ready or transferable. Um, so that that's really getting people to take a long-term view because at the end of the, end of the day, there's a lot of an owner's personal wealth tied up in the business mm. and they've spent years creating it um, and look they deserve to realize the rewards you know of all those years of efforts um, and the last thing I guess there, there, there's a process you can follow so whilst you may not go through it if you follow a structure and a process like a lot of things people have been here before you can make for a successful exit and you can get the right things in place which just give you a better chance of success mm. What are some indicators for businesses to go, okay, this is something I need to start thinking about? Because from my experience, chat in terms of chatting with alumni and business owners, maybe they think about it a little bit too late. Yeah. Like it's, um, <laughs> being exitable is something that's years in the making. comes yeah. down to trans transferability. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you think, look, if an owner, we'll just take a, we'll make an example up. If they've been in their business 20 years, they've spent 20 years tightly ingrained and they are tightly wound into how that business operates. Now, a transferable business needs to be able to operate outside of that owner. Mm. So you don't unwind those 20 years overnight. Um, there's lots of things in terms of the information when you come for a sale that you need to have available. You want to start pre-populating and pre-planning that. The systems and structures that make it transferable. So... It's not a. It's not something you can do in six months, and it's something. If you book, and if you build a business well, because um, exit planning is just good business planning. So yeah. the elements that 
make for a business that's transferable or exitable. Um, they're the same elements that uh, will allow it to grow and allow it to successfully operate in the world. So have those things in mind and start building them in. Um, the sooner you do it, the better. Like you can never start exit planning too early, but mm. you can start it too late. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do dynamics change a bit with family business? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine <laughs> in a huge way. <laughs> um, we're all we're all part of families, um, and yeah. you know um, there can look and it, like, it varies so widely between families, but there can be that. I guess inability to to let go of the prior generation. Yeah. One one of the things we try and emphasise is generation one or generation four. If it's a you know, I just was recently talking to a fifth generation business, but wow. generation one has to give enough room and also enough freedom for generation two to grow into the role. Mm. Um, there is the, also the other challenge can be funding it. Now, when we go out with a BNZ, they talk to how you've got options to fund family transition. So it's a, it, it is doable. Yes. It generally happens over time as well um, with partial buyout, but it, it's really making sure there's a room to grow and the ability to let go and let the next generation come through, come through take over mm. and, and run it independently of um, prior. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And so many, uh, you know, dynamics at play there. And so I do love having actually sat in one of the events, the one that you did in the Waikato uh, yep. earlier in the year, you know, hearing your guys' perspective on sort of the strategy and the thinking behind exit planning and succession. Um, but then great to hear from BNZ as well about the financial options, how to actually bridge the gap there to make it possible. Um, so yeah. It's yeah like, like one person said to us after we did the first event was we give the why and then BNZ will come in and talk about some of the how. How yes. can you actually make, make make things flow and make this happen? And we yeah. talk about why you need to do it. Like we cover some of the how, but not the funding side. We'll we leave that to the experts. Exactly. No, it's very cool. It's good. How did you personally get passionate about exit planning and succession? Did it just come up in your strategy world or was it? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, that is, that's it. It did. We, we consider ourselves... There's three things we do. We help people get big, out, or in. So getting big is growth execution. How do you make? How do you execute a growth strategy? And it comes back to what we talked about before, where you've got to stop doing things and make sure the things you are doing are the really important and the right things. When we were going through that biz dev, finding clients in that space, exit came up a lot. So people we were talking to wanted to exit. And we had gone through this with a few clients. So we had a rough idea. Well, we knew what was needed to be in place from, yeah. from those experiences, but we just went and educated ourselves because once you start looking, you realize there's a wealth of material out there that can guide how you give information. Mm, awesome. Um, and having been through a couple with clients, we then made it, made it a key pitch with regard to if you want to exit, here's how you manage the business side and here's how you manage the ownership side of yeah. an exit. The lastly, get in, that's about market entry. Yeah, no, it's great. It's brilliant. Are there any common misconceptions around succession and exit planning that you'd like to debunk in this moment, Marty? Oh, uh, look, um, yeah, there are. It's, wow, people people just do leave it too late. Yes, yeah. They, um, you know, and 
One of our, one of our partners from the BNZ talks about this because he, he's come across it regularly as well, which is, you know, people come to him, they want to exit. There's no urgency. They just want the money in the bank account in six months' time. <laughs> um, so, so there's two things we look at with that. Firstly, uh, exit readiness is a state of fact, not a state of mind. Mm. So it's actually about how transferable your business is, and you can measure that. There is indicators with regard to what makes for a transferable business, including your leadership team and how empowered they are. Uh, it's not just the decision to sell. So that, that, that's the first thing. And it's not just a business decision. We talk about three legs to the stool. There's the personal side. So when you finish, because 75% of owners regret the sale a year later, Wow. When you finish, what are you going to be doing and have you put proper plans in place? And it's like a retired athlete, mm. a life after, because it's something people have thrown a lot of their lives at and they need to have, have an answer for next. So there's that side. How much money do you need out of the sale? And what are your, and it, that ties into the personal. So for you to achieve what you want to do, what you set after you exit the business, what do you need in terms of fun, funds for that? So let's make sure the business is of, uh, status that it can um, reap, reap those rewards and, and you will be able to achieve what you wanted. And lastly is the business. How do you make the business exitable, transferable, and, and as high a value as you need in terms of your exit planning process? Mm, wow. 75% of business owners regret it. Yeah, that's, that's research from the Exit Planning Institute. Wow. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's huge but I think it's like you mentioned it's because they haven't they've thought so much about the sale but maybe not a life after the sale right and so yeah yeah look you can actively plan for that you just have to like anything in life you've just got to give it the time yeah. and make it a conscious decision that okay I'm gonna gonna focus on it and figure out what that might look like for me and you'll never get it perfect no one ever does in anything but at least you've got some direction and it's something you can take action against Absolutely. Have you noticed um, any changing trends or best practice in this space or have things, you know, has the framework kind of remained the same for many years? Like there's certain things with selling a business that changes and things fall in and out of favor. Um, the multiple on which you can sell on or industries that are preferred change. Mm. But the fundamentals aren't too dissimilar. It is the wisdom of the ages. Yeah. What makes for a transferable business is one that can survive and thrive outside of the owner. Yeah. Um, you need to give it enough time. Uh, if you want to have the best chance of an exit, you need to involve a whole team. So you think about your accountant, your lawyer, your insurance broker, people who offer advice, e.g. personal funds manager or a growth advisor like myself. A yep. uh, person who's providing you funding, bank or finance company. And when you come to sale, um, the person who's going to manage it for you, be merger and acquisition specialist or probably at the smaller end of town, a broker. So make sure your team's involved. Um, make sure you start early enough. Put, put your planning in place. But fundamentally, what makes for a good business hasn't changed over the years. Um, and exit planning hasn't changed either. Yeah, because like you said, right? what makes for a good business and what makes for a good business that's ready to sell is the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, totally. No, it's cool. It's really good. Marty. Thank you. 
have you what have you enjoyed the most about speaking at these events across New Zealand and and are there any key t- takeaways that att- attendees are talking about oh look it's again if I come back to that what I said about you know playing sports and it's the it's the sense of team that, yeah. they're fun events um myself my colleague David who does it with me and Mick Carnell from the BNZ we we have fun we've got a pretty good uh, pitch going on where we can talk quite effortlessly and pass between each other on it. So um, it's well received. The, both the ICEHOUSE and the BNZ staff around the country have been fantastic and the clients, it's a good thing and clients are interested. So that, that, that's that been great. If I, if I give you a couple of examples, like here's one. We had a customer at one of the events. They were going to exit their business. So the relationship manager from BNZ said, well, we've got this event come up. Why don't you come along and have a listen? They came to the event and they realized they were quite some distance off being a transferable or exitable entity. Mm. So what it did was give them the information to go back, pause for thought, reframe, and they're now looking at a five-year exit where they're going to build in the value. Um, they've got great relationship. BNZ have delivered well for them in this respect. So it's it's a fantastic result. You know, if you get those out of it, it, it's great. But I guess the thing that people have taken away is two things. It takes a bit of time, and it's something you can plan and do. So it's a, just make it a process like anything else in your business. Absolutely, no, it's good, and it's worth mentioning that these events are coming up in the Manawatu and Tauranga um, in uh, October and November 2023, if you're listening. Um, And so I'll put that information in the um, written copy notes of this podcast as well, because we would love to have anyone listening come along if you are interested to hear a little bit more and to go sort of exactly like that example, Marty, go, where am I sitting on this journey of being able to exit um, a business? Then it's definitely a fantastic event to come along to. So that's great. Brian, we we try and make these very educational. It's to give people an understanding. Um, And we know that longer term, um, they they can come to us if they need help. But even even just having that education, that knowledge, really does progress them along the journey of, okay, cool, these are the things I need to start doing. And we we actually make available a lot of free information at the events. Yeah. um, Because... It's, it's about education and, and um, making sure people people know what they need to do. Absolutely, yeah. And those events are on the October the 18th and November the 1st. So October the 18th is Manawatu and November the 1st is Tauranga. I will be at the Tauranga one. So looking forward to seeing anyone that is keen to come along to that one. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic, Matty. And, uh, you know, it's a topic that we're obviously hearing from alumni and from the wider business community. And then we put these events out across New Zealand and they have had incredible uptake in terms of having people in the room. So it's obviously something that business owners are starting to think about. Um, and that's a really uh, positive uh, for the wider business community, right? It's a real one. So that's good. Love it. Um, hey, I want to finish with a question here. If you could offer one piece of advice to a business owner, unsure or a little unsettled on what their next steps are what would you say to them uh so the next steps with regard to an exit plan or yeah yeah an exit plan succession maybe they were within a family business or just a little bit unsettled you know they're feeling on the brink of something new but they're not sure what the next step is who do they talk to 
oh, look, that's, I'm a big believer in outside advice. Awesome. I'll, I'll talk to you. Um, so I had a client, and I read them through a workshop this morning. Um, they're about to go to Europe and try and negotiate with a major supplier for exclusivity over Australasia. Wow. Um, look, they knew everything they needed to do, but it's having that third party. And I just spent, like, I think we spent three hours on a whiteboard, um, and that was including the write-up of the notes, framing his story of how he's going to pitch why they should go with him and the advantages he can give and how he's best placed to help them crack the Australasian market. So often people have a relatively or a reasonable idea on what they need to do, but they've just not gone through the process of coherent their thoughts and put it into a set of actions that they're going to undertake. So look, if you've got uncertainty in any space, um, get someone who can work you through a process of defining what your need is, helping you with what the answer is, most of which they're going to do by getting stuff out of your head and maybe bringing in some a third-party view, mm. and then actions you can take which move you on the journey. And that's the most important thing. You know, so Stephen Tyndall has a great quote from him, which is you get one out of 10 for the plan, nine out of 10 for the execution. Brilliant. Find, find things you can go and start doing. Um, and it's, it's I love my clients who won't die wondering, the ones who will just get stuck in and do stuff because it means we can make some real progress. And it's not always good progress, but if you take enough enough steps, you get there in the end. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic advice. Uh, it's so good. And it's so worth, you know, what, what I hear you say too is sometimes it's in the business owner, they know, but they just need that outside opinion to even just give a bit of confidence to go, actually, yes, you're on the right track or actually, no, there needs to be a bit of shift here. It's that uh, accountability to get things done and the confidence that they're on the right track. So yeah, awesome. Accountability is a huge thing. So hold your feet to the flame. The other thing is just take what's this huge volume of things that could be done and break it down into what's the first step. Mm. What's the what's the next three months look like? Because not 90-day cycles are great. It's an, it's enough time to get things done, but not a, not so much time you keep kicking the can down the road. Mm. Um, but break it down into what are we going to do? What do we expect it to look like? And then how do we... It's like the old elephant, you only eat one bite at a time. Bite at a time. Yeah, that's right. How do, you break, how do you break it into something you can start taking action against? And it's amazing what, what action does. It creates momentum. And you start to learn and you start, start to get places. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's great. Hey, thank you so much for sharing. And also just really cool to have you part of the Ice House coaching <laughs> team as well. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that uh, if anyone is keen to reach out, you know, it's it's great that they know that they've got someone else within the community to uh, walk them through strategy and implementation, actually getting things done. Um, so Very love helpful. having you part of it. Uh, if you are interested, anyone listening, uh, feel free to get in touch with the Ice House. Again, details in the written copy below. Um, but yeah, thanks heaps for your time, Marty. Appreciate it and hope to see some people at these incredible BNZ and Ice House events as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Brian.